everybody a quick note before we start this week's episode this is a continuation of the conversation that i was having with annie from last week so if you haven't listened to last week's episode we're really just jumping in to the same conversation this week so i would recommend that you scroll down and listen to that other one first anyway uh please enjoy the show Welcome back, everyone. Uh, still with me is Annie. And, uh, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> there's a lot of distractions in this lockdown world. Who knows? Maybe you would have gone off and never returned. No. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I do so, have uh, intense attention issues and I've often <laughs> heard my roommate calling from the other room that I've, uh, I've come this close to flooding the kitchen. Flooding? Oh, because you just like, like leave something like running. a faucet yeah. on. It's classic. Very exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. He's very good. Um, He's like your your water is boiling, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's, okay. It's it, it's good to have a roommate. Um, before we left, the thing we were talking about was sort of what sort of started you thinking about feminism, how your journey through grad school yeah. led you to a certain point. So I'd love to hear now, in a more modern, present way, some of the things that you like to do some of the things that you work on and how you kind of yeah, have so like experienced what's changed your, uh, for me in the last 40 minutes. What do you mean? <laughs> more modern, more modern than when we started the podcast. <laughs> more, more modern than your, your yeah. graduate school. Yes. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I cringe thinking about, I have a very, very scary leg to stand on when I <laughs> a haunted leg where I have a really hard time with cancel culture and I believe in it. I believe in holding accountability to a high standard, at, but there's like, I was a shit human being and I didn't understand why feminism was important and I didn't understand why racial justice was important, was important. And I was just like, everything comes down to the economy and like just parroting whatever <laughs> I had learned. <laughs> um, and uh. I am so grateful that I can now, I mean, even just like things I used to say about bodies that were in a, like all wrapped up in, in fat phobia. And so just as like a youth. And so I, mm -hmm. I'm really glad that people, I, people see me as well versed in these things. Cause I wasn't always. And so I don't know. I would just hate to not have had that chance because I'm <laughs> such a proponent of feminism now. But like, I didn't believe, mm -hmm. I didn't know, I didn't get it when I was an undergrad, which is part of the reason why it was so fun to work on as a master's. Cause I was like, I was totally ignorant and didn't think that there was a woman problem. I just mm -hmm. thought that I was the issue. And then the more I started to coerce with other people, no coerce is the wrong word. Uh, like coalesce with other people. I, yeah. The more I was like, oh, uh, this isn't just me. And yeah. then the more I built my confidence, the more I was like, huh, like this was a, a systematic problem. And so now as an artist, like I love, I think one of the things that got me going in my modern teaching route, because I teach online courses that are mm -hmm. a la carte and for like adult learning, not, not, 
necessarily for for class credit, but one of my favorite uh, topics to discuss is why it was so difficult for me as a minority uh, to make art, like both as a as a woman and as a queer person, because I think. I was like, I can't write. I can't possibly be a writer with my life. I need to do something better. And if I if I don't want to make money, then I might as well just go into service and I might as well serve the world and make it a better place. And I took a male mentor, man mentor, to be like, you that's no <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't don't live to serve someone else as your only calling. Mm-hmm. And um I believe in service and I believe in uh being a good citizen of the world, but but it was very much ingrained in like, what is the point of my existence if I'm not serving other people? And well, I, I would argue, Annie, that some of the art that you make probably is helping. Well, to that's serve exactly other right. So, so, yeah. so, thank you for saying that. Um, <laughs> but don't worry, I was gonna say it anyway. <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> no, okay. no, I'm just. I, was, I'm I thought totally you were kidding. just gonna end the end this, the part no, about but your it, mentor. Um, my mentor. <laughs> thank you. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Um, that was a joke about me being conceited, but I. Um, I think that it, it, you're right that, that my pursuing art will end up serving some people in some way. And I've seen the ways that like big service has gone awry and been like, that's not a great way to serve the world, nor does it feel good to me personally. And then Mm -hmm. it was starting my first podcast that I was like, this is a really weird balance of I'm having a lot of fun and somehow people are are getting something really important out of this, which is hearing from me and my gay friend. So, like, is it solving hunger? No. But are there six or seven young queer people who have contacted us and been like, thank you so much for going on air, <laughs> on air, for being out in the waves and talking about your sexualities? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we have. and And I think that's... I would never know that unless I <laughs> took those brief moments where I was like, I'm going to be selfish and make art to realize that actually that was just the way that I was supposed to be in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's really interesting because it's uh, art is something that people I think can feel very selfish doing. It can feel like this. I'm making this podcast and it's very self-serving. It's like, it's because I, want to kind of promote myself it's because i want to do this thing that i enjoy and like the question is what what is the value in it and and i think if you layer on top of that some of the things we were talking about earlier about how oftentimes like gender minorities will have trouble feeling confident about things that um that men will often feel totally normal and confident And about. also the burden of how is this serving, how is this doing anything for the world or like uh, what point does this serve as opposed yeah. to I want to do this and that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, um, it's like it's like layering because art is already a place where it's right. difficult to feel confident and right. then layering on top of that your identity is like making it extra hard. So do you have you found that, you know, talking to other people who also want to be writers, also want to do podcasts, also want to do improv. You do a lot of different forms of art. Um, <laughs> Turns out I do. can't believe I what, was in denial for so long. <laughs> you, like, how do you find that, like, it's hard for those creative people who probably would excel at many of those things to get the kind of 
to feel encouraged and to feel supported. Yeah, I'm really passionate about that in particular. Um, so, so <laughs> my journey begins. Let's <laughs> part two will begin with another origin story. My journey, <laughs> my journey begins with me being a freshman at Duke and entering a stand-up competition, and being the only woman in the sta- in the group of men who went up on stage, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it's important, but my whole bit was about bathroom politeness, like uh, women pretending that they don't poop and being like, <coughs> and then like letting one drop while you cough. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like selected for the Duke team uh, and then made it to the next, you know, I somehow was was getting mm-hmm. success in this group. Duke loved that bit Duke about the loved cough. it. At first, they were yep. very uncomfortable. They were like, what are you doing? And then at the end, it was really great. And <laughs> one small anecdote is that like uh, uh, after summer break, my sophomore fall, some guy was like, you're the girl with the poop stand up. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, here, take my drink bracelet. That's for you. And then he walked away. And I was like, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of guys want to <laughs> buy me a drink and walk away forever. <laughs> like <laughs> he had no interest in like... <laughs> flirting with me but he was like i want to be the guy who gave her yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) Exactly. um but like it was so in my head i was like i had the courage and then someone well i also don't like this person well now this is going to be out in the world but i i butted heads with this person in my own private way and she had written an op-ed about how she was so funny and her none of her men in her life thought she was funny and it was really unfair. And I was like so annoyed just because I didn't think she was funny that I was like, this isn't a woman issue. This is like, why aren't you more, why aren't you unafraid to make jokes? I went and did the stand-up show and I was the only girl. Like, why are there were not women there? And um, at the time I believed that. And now I'm just seeing all of the barriers because a lot of times people will say about writing just sit down and write like it's it's there's so much um rhetoric around self like just self will like Mm self-driven will and like all it takes is you with a pen and if that is true then there's a lot of things in my you know learning and reading and stuff that are keeping women from the or and and gender minorities from the chair and sitting down and writing and so Mm -hmm. If it's an issue of just a willpower thing, then where is the psychological barrier? So now I really regret writing that comment on that girl's op-ed, but um, it was 10 years ago, asshole, let it go. So um, (laughs) the point is that I was always like one brief, I was always like a minority in the comedy world at Duke and then... And now in the creative world, I'm seeing it over and over again. And then of course, like I meet a group of women who are, I try to take classes only taught by like women writers just because you're right there is an extra layer it's already difficult so I want to have someone who understands that there's also this huge psychological barrier to writing that exists um yeah for for people who are not lifted up in that way right like I would never think of writing a novel the length of a David Foster Wallace novel but but many many men set out to do so yeah and (laughs) and there is this kind of unearned confidence yeah i think well not just i i would rather focus on the fact that there's this unearned restraint on women like right exactly i I want people to be confident i i i hate to even in myself like making things really concise because i'm like i'm gonna lose my audience because 
people love to tune out women. You know, it's like I mm. can see all the ways that I'm unlearning that. I just met with my editors about the book and they were like, we, we this is great, but like it could be twice as long. Like you could literally just keep telling stories over and over again. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't think anyone <laughs> wanted that. Like I was just like, right. I spat out my 40,000 words and I was like, okay. Like I tried to keep it short. Um, so it's really fascinating to then have people say take up the room and and um keep talking and take as much time as you want and it's so hard to do it um mm -hmm. and be like wow their eyes are glazing over because <laughs> when i see that i'm like i'm done here and then yeah that's there's no way to succeed in art unless you continue through all the awkward silences you right. just keep speaking and you just and God, see, there's so many layers to this that excite me, but like there's an added layer of art being a really confusing thing for a lot of people, not just about gender, just the idea of art in society, especially in this capitalistic society that we live in is confusing because people are like, what are you doing? Or yeah, like, what, like did what is, where's the value exactly? Right. What did you um, just make there? What did you just, uh, I've never seen anything. And if it's good art, it should be something unfamiliar because, you know, it means that you're being challenged and you've never seen anything like it. And that's also when people are going to start being like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, how does this fit? How does this fit into your, right. your pr productivity? How does this fit mm -hmm. into your resume? How does this like, it's like, that's not, it doesn't fit into any of that. No, there exactly. Should, it shouldn't have to. It like, shouldn't it, have to. I don't and then need to add justify yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the thing is like add to the fact that art already um like begs for justification and mm. then you add the layer of women needing justification often and um yeah, so there's just so many layers that I have started to see. And so anyway, the point is that I I the, re the reason why we're here um, even though you're not a woman, is that uh, I have decided that what I really am passionate about is trying to get people to make their art when they, when they, when they even breathe an inkling of interest. I'm like, mm -hmm. let's do it because uh, I wouldn't be here without the insistence of one man in particular, but my mentor being like you got to keep going. Like you just, I know that you think that you're not a writer. You know, you think this is a is a an accident but you just need to keep rolling and then I started to relearn all of the you know I took a really long break from being interested in comedy because I was like I'm not funny and all this stuff and then now I like just storytell and improv and write and podcast and all these things that I'm like no one's even listening like <laughs> no one responds <laughs> to my Instagram stories and I don't care um so it's just a really been a journey in that sense and therefore when I see young people or or older people I'm just like I just want to hear from you even if it's just to me I want to hear what you have to say um, yeah yeah that's really awesome then that's that's sort of what has fostered itself in bread people productions is <laughs> yeah that... exactly I mean it was, it was supposed to be uh radical queer dinner party was supposed to be my my label specifically for mm -hmm. marginalized identities but then you were the first person that came knocking and so I was like 
Well, I can't put Kevin in the radical yeah. queer dinner party catalog, so I gotta make you another catalog. <laughs> I gotta put another yeah. catalog on the on the internet. Um, so that was where bread people started. Was just that it would be more, it would be less mission oriented and more like I'm gonna try and get the people that I think are interesting to to share things in the world. Particularly well, I people, you <laughs> yeah, of course. putting me on the label. <laughs> yeah, well, particularly people who have not you for some reason. <laughs> people who have some hesitancy um i'm trying to like get my my roommate going on on something and mm. i think that he has so many wonderful and smart insights about this topic that we will be released soon and i was like i it took the first time we uttered the words it was like four months ago and then recently i was like have you given that any thought and he was like yeah so anyway i i, I yeah. You are, you're a rare case. Normally when someone <laughs> says, I'd like to be on the air, I immediately have questions. But I love and know you, so I'm like, I think I trust Kevin. And I was I feel good about my bet. Well, I hope that, yeah, I hope that <laughs> this this comes, this, like, you know, only the second episode comes as a very good uh, <laughs> timing. Because because I, uh, I think it's important to, to talk and acknowledge sort of what the roots of, of creating something and doing it like with you in this in this way that's like felt very supported and and kind of like feeling very motivated um like you were alluding to outside of sort of your paradigm of trying to get people who are maybe a little bit less represented and also who like have less confidence about <laughs> about creating audio yeah, you've, in terms of our confidence meter you're you're a little too off the charts but I, yeah but. well it, I, the, where it comes from me is that i am 100 percent doing this for myself like yeah. i hope that people listen and like it and i do care that you know we make something that people enjoy but i have enjoyed just talking to people and like I COVID has just been awful and it's been yeah. so isolating. And so like, this is just a good productive outlet for me instead of, you know, playing video games all day and that kind of There's thing. There's that so. trap of capitalism coming out in your language. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally am yes, with you. And true. I, um, I, well, also one of the reasons why I'm like, Kevin's all good is because you have kind of shown to me certain vulnerabilities that I really, it's really refreshing not to like plug you as a human now and not just <laughs> as a host, but like you uh, have never been afraid to learn or um, like actually not just like, Oh, I hear you, but actually be like, does that change my framework of how I approach the world? <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of person that I want to hear more of. Like, I don't want to hear from someone who wants to be an expert. I want to hear from someone who wants to be the novice. And mm -hmm. so you approaching this as a very novice, like, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just want to talk to people. It's like, that's that's my, to, to use my new catchphrase that I just decided is my catchphrase. That's our bread and butter, people. Oh, whoa. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, I feel, that's very sweet of you, Annie. Thank you so much. Yes, <laughs> I welcome. really appreciate it. I, I truly could not be uh, doing the statue, but. I, I don't believe that. But I also just like, you know, I've, you and I have talked about feelings. We've talked about, which is <laughs> somehow a, a low bar, but still like, it's just like having, being able to actually have a, a real vulnerable and like listening and equal take and give conversation with you is like not how I typically interact with men. And so to bring <laughs> us back to the gender wars that we're obviously instigating, um, that's why even though you're maybe not so much on the slate of the radical queer dinner party side of things, like I do want to hear from you. And 
I think that you will bring out, I mean, you're just letting me ramble. I've been on podcasts where I was obviously the most interesting person and yet the host just rambles on. So yeah. <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> well, that's your, it's your, I, my guests come with their topics. They, exactly. I'm here to hear what they have to say about them. I have input, but that's, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> um, there's still room. Let's, right. let's just say that maybe someday I will, you know, have a guest on and dominate the conversation. And <laughs> this will, this will look like, I'll look like a real fool having yeah. been praised in this way. Right. Right. Uh, I hope so to see the day, Kevin. Let's not count our chickens right. uh, before they hatch. But, um, I, that's very sweet of you. I, I'm the, if your goal is to support people and to help them feel better about podcasting, you're I've definitely on the right track. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's my yeah. goal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I love talking. And that's why I've been ex- excited to be here with you is because you've really let me, you've given me the platform. Oh, well, you a platform that we built together. <laughs> I was like, if I make Kevin a podcast, I can talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> So, um, Annie, speaking of all of the art and things that you're involved mm, in, mm. is there any uh, anything that you would like to tell the listeners about that you're doing, any upcoming stuff? This is probably not going to be released for a few months but or a month. But, well, good, uh, because there's no sign of a book anywhere either. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the timing um, will work out. We should yeah, say this is the day work. after Valentine's Day. So if you, if you, the listener, were noticing a, a twinge of kind of uh heartache, heartache romance yeah. that's probably why president's yes. day uh, <laughs> yeah is, exactly. uh, is not really something that we you know feel anything about so no. day after valentine's day <laughs> this is the official 2021 yeah. day after valentine's it's yes. actually i just spent the weekend delivering flowers for there's a florist and you were in, telling me about this yeah eastern part of la who i just love her, just loved her energy when I met her and she just gave me a free plant last time I was in there and I was like, I want to spend time here with you and your crew. And so I was just like, do you need help on Valentine's Day? And she was like, oh my God, do I? So I have drove with her for the last few days just delivering love messages to people and I have loved every second of it. It's been, I mean, I was, I have never been more tired than I was last <laughs> night yeah. when I got home. Um, but... It has been, it was a great group of people working in there. She's got acquired, somehow has acquired a bunch of queer people (laughs) in her entourage. Um, So it's like this very cool, safe, gender, weird space. Um, And and it smells amazing. I get to surround myself (laughs) with beauty all day. I mean, it's a perfect side hustle. And I was Mm -hmm. on my Instagram stories. I don't know if you've been watching and following along, but yesterday I mentioned how... I used to fear the side hustle because I was so interested in keeping on with a career or something. I was like, the side mm-hmm. hustle is scary. And I worked at a rock climbing gym when I first graduated, made the best friends out of, like I had just yeah. met some of my favorite people in this world from that rock climbing job. Um, and then I was like, I can't do this. I need to work at this law firm. And then I worked freelance and I worked, I really enjoyed some of the clients that I worked with and then now I'm like, these are the best people I've ever met. And I don't feel, I'm grateful I don't feel the fear of needing a career job because now I'm really like, my career is this art, weird production world that I'm in. Um, 
and part of that is letting letting it be that I have no idea <laughs> what this medium is because like I actually don't even know where my wheelhouse is. Mm-hmm. I I do improv, but I'm not really the group the best improviser. I maybe could do stand up again one day, but I would be terrible. And then I love storytelling, but that's kind of a weird medium anyway because it's like there's not a lot of venues for that. And then I love writing, but I'm not the most talented writer. It's just like this whole thing where I'm letting myself just be interested in all of these creative pursuits without mm-hmm. worrying that I'm not becoming an expert in one of those things. Because like this year, it turns out my biggest passion is pro- is podcast production. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, those things, I think they like they might seem kind of disparate but they all support each other they do exactly yeah yeah and i and i am grateful that my brain has now come to rest in the world where it's not in the way that we're glad that annie's still here but it's come (sighs) it's come to rest in the sense that i'm like okay this week i'm i'm working on annie is working on podcasting or Mm -hmm. now she's working on a book or a graphic novel like whatever it is i I'm excited that I'm giving myself the freedom to pursue it when the when the whim comes to me. And so this gig I've got with the flower delivery is like a really nice, I hope that I can actually hold on to this side hustle job for a, a while now because it's a very nice smelling job. <laughs> yeah, and you can meet some some Exactly, and it gives, it can be really hard to just stay, like you're saying, in the cycle of, especially COVID, but even in general, it's you, if you focus too much on your own little worlds, you don't have more experiences to talk about. Now I've got like a full four pages worth of experiences from this weekend to yeah. to, to document carefully. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Ju- just from like one one weekend shift of driving. So yeah, um, right now I'm working on getting you, hopefully my roommate, hopefully another person up and running on a podcast. I have a book that is like in between draft two and three. And Mm. that is one hell of a situation. I don't wish it on anyone. And I I thought I was done with it last year. And then I met with my editors and they're like, yeah, it could be twice as long. And I was like, oh God, Uh, that's very (laughs) stressful to hear. And I just want it done. I want it out in the world. Um, I want it also because every time something queer comes, this is another thing I want to talk about is that, the myth of the myth of the singular story insert marginalized identity because mm. every time i read something about a queer gender bi- non-binary kind of girl i'm like god damn it like that is my book and then and the reality is like there's a lot of books and some people want to just consume them all and will read it again and you know they'll read the seven books about the queer girl Mm. and it's like oh they they want all of them um and yet i am like if i am gonna be if i'm not gonna tell i always thought that my my impetus to make art came from the fact that i was queer and like there weren't enough queer stories again trying to serve the world with my art rather than serving myself with it and so (laughs) i was like the reason I feel compelled to make art is because I don't see the art that I that I represent. And then now that it's becoming gross, more popular to talk about gay stuff in the art, I'm like, oh my god, am I threatened by that? Am I mm. like, am I somehow scared because I'm now they're gonna be like, not another queer story? But that's not my problem. That's society's problem. 
they need to accept it's, yeah that's so interesting because the idea is like you you would of course love to see more stories but <laughs> right and yet me i'm like no <laughs> well because you're concerned that like the it's how it's going to be received is like this is just all kind of like right it's mashing together this category that's not even like a, a real thing it's like the right. genre is not queer it's just no exactly you, yeah. yeah and yet the, it's the queer section of the book i mean there's a lot yeah. of supporting evidence to 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 indicate why my fears are not totally unfounded but like right. yeah it, it's it is really difficult when it's just a difficult field to navigate which is another thing i try to tell young people i'm like uh, like who cares like there's there you there's an uh, infinite number of jests in the world and you should do your own man i'm really on the road the wordplay today um like you need your story is your story no matter what and you need to share it so i think that's been really fascinating to both try and encourage that in other people and then also trying to like live it as my (laughs) in myself yeah um because i could i would be like kevin you're a unique podcast host and you will offer something else to the world that other people can't. And then in your head, you're like, I think that she's lying. And then when yeah, I, I'm like, well, <laughs> right. And then when I might set out to host one day, it's going to be like me in my head going, why are you special? How dare you? What gives you the right? I mean, yeah, I, I literally tried to name the podcast originally something that like is already taken it's a yeah. flooded a very flooded a very uh, arena. saturated yeah yeah i mean I honestly try to name give come up with any name and there's a podcast called it yeah we're struggling true. with that with our with our in-house podcast that we're yeah. trying to make um cool well uh so is there is there anything else that you can tell the people about how to reach you reach out to you reach the the things oh you're working gosh. on Please um, follow me at Krabby Patty four one five. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks to Miranda Rosenblum for for consolidating my assets into one handle. <laughs> um, I have a website, ansplain dot com, a n n splain. Well, a n n s p l a i n. I'll put a link in the the show. Yeah, notes. I don't know if I'm. I'm not really doing much in it right now i'm kind of in this weird incubation period where i'm like i have so many things that i want to i want to do i'm working on a a movie script um i just started working on a movie script which is fun and and this is what i'm talking about like once you start embracing the creative life there the world opens up to you in terms of what you you want to start working on so um i don't know i'm just always uh i think instagram is probably my my most frequented medium i'm often yeah. on there telling stories of my day and a lot of people don't love some people do <laughs> you gotta if you you gotta turn audio on i'll say that much <laughs> yeah very word heavy uh <laughs> yeah you're not gonna get a lot out of annie's instagram stories oh yeah a, sorry if you're looking for, for the traditional use of instagram in the sense that it's a visual medium that's you're not getting it <laughs> Yeah, gotta, I don't even know listen. how I managed to turn the most visual-oriented social media into. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it's it's audio too. I mean, yeah, you're using stories probably at like a hundred and ten percent of what most people are using them to do. So let's let's not say like what what I think you're be expanding the category more than oh, yeah. uh, confining it. I think what the truth is is that like I am trying to be Oprah, really, <laughs> and like. 
I am definitely serving myself with that dream of being a multimedia empire conglomerate and I want it. I just like want to have all of these things happen, but I'm also held back by this fear that I shouldn't. So um, it's wild, the push-pull of you should be Oprah and you will never be Oprah is wow. is a really interesting mind to to have in your brain, in your head. I, I can't think of a more apt summary of sort of feminism and what we've talked about <laughs> than that, <laughs> than than that Oprah, analogy. It's so scary. <laughs> It's like this push-pull of should I try to be Oprah or should I like not? <laughs> or should I just should I just uh, uh, deliver her dry cleaning? It's like a whole. <laughs> um, or should I just marry an Oprah and and make her breakfast? Should I be? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> this is not even a joke. I'm sorry that it's so funny to me, but the, this book that I love recommending for understanding how feminism and the economy intersect is called who cooked Adam Smith's dinner by Katrine Marsal. Um, and I love it so much. And it's all about how women have felt compelled to feed the Titans of industry and mm -hmm. take care of the homes of the Titans of industry. And so like, should I be Oprah or should I clean her house or should I deliver her food or make her food is like the perfect, um, analogy that I'm glad that you pointed that out. Thank you. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Um, well, Annie, it's been a, a deep pleasure. Thank you so much for joining, <laughs> super producer. And uh, uh, and I hope that you have uh, a, a full suite of podcasts along with mine coming too. out soon. I hope that people barely know that you're in my catalog. <laughs> I hope <laughs> there's so many that, that no one knows that who I'm you buried, are. That unless you ask is buried deep <laughs> yeah. into the catalog. Right now, you're um, you. It's you and two stock images on that site. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We're, yeah. We're, yeah, I'm just trying to like uh, you know pave uh, or break some ground for mm -hmm. uh, for the site. And yeah, uh, I'm loving that. After that, it can take off as far as far Thank as you, you want. And but we'll always know us. who came first. <laughs> Um, well, I, uh, I appreciate it very much and I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully. Yes. Very soon. Well, I, you're my producer, so I talk to you oh, every yeah. week. That's right. <laughs> right. I forgot yeah. about that. Um, great to talk to you. I'll, I'll see you later. Bye, Kevin. Bye. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a true honor is what I meant to say. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place to end it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Unless You Ask, and thank you to my guest and producer, Annie Krabenschmidt. You can check out Annie's work at ansplain.com and their podcast, Loves the Softball Field, everywhere you find podcasts. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email me at unlessyapod at gmail.com. That's unlessyapod at gmail.com. Unless You Ask is produced by Bread People Productions. Visit breadpeopleproductions.com to see all of the projects that they are working on. Alrighty, you made it all the way to the end, and for that I will reward you with Nobody Asked. And this week's Nobody Asked is that my favorite snow cone flavor is cherry. Cherry.